This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now, obviously, there isn't just one prize, okay? He is just saying, hey, you know how some of the runners, they run to the point where, listen, I'm going to get that prize. There's only one first place. And in that fashion, in that way, and with that attitude, we are to run this race of faith. When you run a race... You run to win. Everything you do, from the training you go through, to what you eat, how you sleep, and even the clothes you wear, are all for one purpose, to win. In today's message, Pastor Eddie encourages you to run your race of faith with everything you've got. Run to win. Let everything you do in life be dedicated to running the race that's been set before you by God, putting everything aside that would hinder you or slow you down. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. As he begins his message, The Race of Faith. Verse 1 begins with the word, therefore. Therefore. Now, I have to repeat it because it's good. It's helpful for those who... For those of you who want to understand and learn the scriptures, but so some of you students, you already know that when we see the word therefore, we need to ask ourselves, what is therefore therefore? And it's therefore because of the previous messages, the previous chapters and passages of the letter. And so therefore, before he begins to give us an exhortation, he said, therefore, because Jesus Christ is better. Jesus Christ, and he gave us a list. He's better than the prophets. He's better than the angels. He's better than the great grand poobah, Moses. He's better than Joshua. He's a better rest. He is better than the high priest. He is a better hope. We have better promises with Christ. And we have a new covenant, right? The old covenant is the old covenant. We have a new covenant through Christ. He is a better covenant. Why is he a better covenant? Because in the old covenant, there was a sacrifice of animals, which was a shadow of Christ who would ultimately be the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, who would be the sacrifice for the sins of the world and is a one-time sacrifice. It does not have to be repeated over and over again, year after year. So Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. So therefore, because Jesus is better, and therefore, because of chapter 11. In chapter 11, we saw all the saints, the Hall of Faithers, if you will, all these Hall of Faithers who are setting a great example of faith. Now he's turning to you and I as believers in Christ who are in this race. So he says, therefore, we, he begins with we, he's not speaking French. He said we, you, I, all of us, he includes himself. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so we are running in this race, this race 
of faith. Notice that he says, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are the witnesses? Well, obviously, he is not only pointing to the uh, Hall of Faithers in chapter 11, but he's talking about all those who died in faith. We're talking probably in the millions and billions, right? When we get to the book of Revelation, we see there, there are people from every tongue, tribe, and nation. And it's innumerable, right? John saw this in a vision, but obviously we're going to know that when we get to heaven, you can't count. It's going to be innumerable. So he's talking about all the saints. Now, it is a great cloud. And when you see the term cloud, the term cloud used in Latin and in the Greek, it expresses a great number. So we know it's not just the Hall of Faithers in chapter 11, we know it's more than that because just the word cloud means a great number, but what he inserted, he says, a great cloud of witness. So he kind of doubled that. So it's not only great in number, but it's great, great in number. Okay, so there is a lot of believers. So what are these cloud of witnesses? What are they doing in heaven? Are they cheering us on and say, go, Eddie, run the race. You have short legs, but you can do it, you know? No, you know, they're not spectators in heaven. They're not spectators. You know, we, some people would translate it. Yeah, they're spectators. They're cheering you on. Run the race. Go ahead. Run, run, run. But it's more than that. It is that they are witnesses to us by their lives of faith and endured, setting a high standard for us to follow. And we know those standards, and we saw that when we looked at chapter 11. And if we continue to look at the Old Testament, we find many godly men and women who have set the example of faith. Not only started a race, but actually finish the race. There are a lot of people who start well, but do not finish well at all. And so it's important. And so we need to keep this in mind because these saints, this great cloud of witnesses, have already run the race. They already finished. They're standing before the presence of God. We are now in this race. Why? How do I know that? You're still here. All right? The race, where it began? Where did this race began? This race began at the cross. When we surrender our lives to Jesus at the cross, that was the starting line for our faith. And we continue to run, run. When would it end? When we stand before the Lord in glory, just as the saints are already in glory. And so we are to run. Now, we find this running in scriptures. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, we find three passages in two of his letters, one in the book of Acts, that he quotes this race, that we're running this race. He likens our walk sometimes. It's not really a walk. It's really a running, but it's a walk in faith, but it's a running faith. Sometimes you get tired, you need to walk. Okay, that's fine, but you're still in a race. You don't pull off to the side and go back to the starting line. No runner ever went back to the starting line. Okay. So we continue to run. And this is what Paul said in his letter to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. He says this, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now, obviously, there isn't just one prize, okay? He is just saying, hey, you know how some of the runners, they run to the point where, listen, I'm going to get that prize. There's only one first place. And in that fashion, in that way, and with that attitude, we are to run this race of faith. Now, those who finish the race, it could be another billion. Only God knows. But we need to finish that race. And what is the prize? That we enter into the glory. That we stand before Jesus and be with him forever. That is enough reason for me to keep running, regardless how short my legs are. I'm going to go there. I'm going to get there some one way or another. Okay? And so... 
this race, he tells us to continue running, okay? It's not like some people they teach, like Jehovah Witnesses, to say only 144,000 going to heaven. That's what they believe. I said, okay, then what am I doing here, okay? They're already there. No, there is a price for all of us, and we're going to receive our rewards. We find that in scriptures, those who will be in the presence of God. We receive our reward or rewards, but we see this when we get our crowns. What's going to happen? When we get our crowns, what the Bible says, we're going to cast our crowns. Why? Because we've done nothing to earn it. And so we're going to stand before the Lord. Another passage in which Paul speaks about the race of faith is in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 to 24. I like to read all these verses because it's really, I love these verses here. Paul says, And see now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me, except that the Holy Spirit testify in every city, say that chains and tribulation awaits me. I love this part, but none of these things move me. I don't care. Do whatever you want with my body. You know? What did Jesus say? Hey, why worry about the one who could take away the flesh, who could kill you? Worry about the one who could take away the flesh and the soul. He said, none of these things move me so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He goes on and he writes his letter to Timothy, his protege, young Timothy. He writes a pastoral epistle, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He says this, I have fought the good fight. Now, this is the fight that's important. This good fight is not a political fight. It's not a social fight. It's not fighting with your neighbor because they didn't give you back their lawnmower. It's not fighting with your in-laws. This is a good fight. This is a fight for the gospel, okay? It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race I have kept. The faith. So we see this. This is the reason why many scholars or Bible commentators believe that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews because he's always mentioning, you know, the life as a believer is running in a race. And so here's the question now. Now we're going back to we. We see this is very common throughout many of the passages in Scripture. But how can we run this race of faith? How can we run the race of faith effectively and finish well? How many of us, uh, you were like tumbleweeds, right? We have no root. We, we get blown by the wind. You know, yes, oh, praise the Lord, I feel great. And then trials and tribulation come, oh, boy, woe is me. You know, and then you're like a tumbleweed that just, wherever the wind blows you, you have no root, you keep going. Or going to the wave, oh, I'm surfing. Guess what? You got to get back to the shore, right? But how do I run effectively and finish well? Well, the writer of Hebrews is going to coach us and give us three things that we must do in order to run this rate of faith effectively and finish well. So let's look at the first coaching advice by the Holy Spirit, if you will. He says here in verse 1, let us lay aside every weight. Lay aside every You're running a race. Lay aside the weight. Now, this is important for us because... You notice, I don't think you've ever seen a runner run with a 200-pound backpack. Have you ever seen? No, I haven't seen that. Because weight kind of slows you down, right? It slows you down. You know, and for us to run a race well, we need to lay aside the weight. There are things that can weigh you down, that could be a distraction, that can drain your energy. Now, these things could be material things. These things could be relationships. It could be family ties. It could be your career. It could be your hobby. Okay? It could be your job. There's a lot of things. Now, in and of itself, these things are not bad. They're not bad. 
We're going to get to the sin part, but this is just weight. These are things that we kind of put on our own plate, right? Oh, you know, I got to work. Okay, I got a calendar. I'm working my schedule. I'm going to go golfing here. I'm going to go hunting here. I'm going to go to work Monday through Sunday. And then uh, after that, I'm going to do this. And, and before you know it, you know, you filled your calendar with everything but God. And again, these things are not necessarily bad, but they are bad if they're in place of God. They are bad if it's going to wear you down. It's going to give you weight, and it's going to be hard for you to run the race. Now, for example, the Olympic race, there are no rules that an Olympic runner can't carry something. There is no rules that an Olympic runner can run with a protein bar or a power drink. Okay, There's no rules against that. But would that help him with the run? Absolutely not. Because probably halfway after he eats a protein bar, he's going to want to go to the restroom or whatever. I don't know. But there's no laws, but is it going to be helpful? No, it's not going to be helpful. There is no law, you know, no rule against uh, runners. They wanted a, a two-piece full sweatsuit all the way up to the sleeves, you know, full sleeves, full legs, and, and those big extra cushion uh, runner shoes, okay? You don't see that. There's no rules against that. What do you see a runner run with? A tank top, you know, shorty short shorts. You know, I know I gave you the image already. It's like, okay, <laughs> shorty short shorts. And they're very thin material, so the wind is not to slow them down. So you see, just as a professional runner trains well, he wants to lose weight as well. He'll cut his nails, his toenails. I don't know how much weight that can add to. But he's going to do everything he can to not add weight to his run. And in the same way, we need to lay aside the weight. You know those things, and you need to pray about God about these things. It's different for each and every one of us. It's not the same for all of us, okay? We're all different. But you need to pray, what are these things that are weighing you down and is causing you to drain and slow down and make it difficult for you to get to the finish line? And so, to run the race requires for us to lay aside the weight. The second thing, the second thing the coach tells us is, number two, uh, we are to lay aside the sin which easily ensnares us. The sin which easily ensnares us. Now, if you notice, read that word, the word sin. You notice the word sin is singular, is not plural. It is say the sins, okay? It is the sin, it is the sin, the definite article, the sin. Remember, the writer of Hebrews, he's writing to the first readers of Hebrews. They were Jews who have been born again, who have now found their faith in the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ, Yeshua. And now because of persecution, they wanted to go back to the temple, to the high priests and sacrifice. And they wanted to go back to the old sacrificial system. And what was that? After finding Christ and going back, that's apostasy. That's what we know as apostasy. They already have tasted. They already have known Okay, they received Christ. They knew that Christ was the promised Messiah. And so that is the sin, apostasy, to turn your back on Christ after meeting Christ. Now, this also could apply to us because we know that sin separates us from God. Sin kind of, you know, the enemy will have fun. Whenever you sin, he'll have fun with you. That's where condemnation will come, right? The enemy will say, you know what? You're a Christian. You're a fake Christian. Yeah, you just blew it. You know, you just blew it just, you know, the other day. Don't tell me you're a Christian. I saw what you did, you know? And then we let the enemy condemn us. Which we need to be careful because there's a difference between condemnation and conviction, right? We talk about this all the time. The enemy wants to bring condemnation. 
But the scripture tells us there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? There is conviction. That's good. That's healthy. That's something we ought to be praying. Holy Spirit, convict me. If I sin against my brother, if I sin against God, convict me. Let me know in my spirit. I sin against God. And the Holy Spirit is going to say, you know, Eddie, you sin here. We're going to do it better next time. Let's repent of that sin. And we're going to do it better next time. Okay? Sin does... You know, it hinders our prayer life. It hinders our walk with the Lord. It hinders our run with it. Listen, you're still a child of God. You're still saved, okay? Are we perfect? No, no, okay? Nobody's perfect because we're Christians. Christians, are you perfect? I'm not talking to Christians. Okay, nobody's perfect, right? That's why, you know, John tells us if we have sinned, you know, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins, okay? We're not sinners in that we live in sin and we practice sin, But we're saved, and because we're saved, we're still here on earth. We still have the flesh, right? We have our flesh, the enemy, and the world, three things that we battle against. And we're going to blow it every now and then. God understands that, but you're still his child, and we're just forgiven of those sins. And so there is sins, and we need to lay that aside, whatever it is. You know, many of us have weaknesses, whatever those weaknesses are. Find the word of God. You know, remember Jesus was tempted by Satan 40 days in the desert. What did Jesus use? He used the word of God, right? Turn these stones into bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, right? Oh, throw yourself off the pinnacle. Thou shalt worship no the God, God himself only, right? And so it goes on. And then if there's something where you can trust someone, don't tell everybody, but someone you can trust, someone you can confide in and say, hey, listen, I'm dealing with this. I want you to keep me in prayer with this. And you need somebody we can have accountability and that's important. And so there is sin that we need to be careful. If we're running the race of faith, we need to lay aside the weight. There are things that are going to distract you. There are things that are going to bring a lot of weight and be more of a burden. And we need to make sure we, we don't sin. That's what we deal with every day, right? We need to continue to walk and be renewed day by day. Now, you may say, okay, before you get to the third part here, Pastor Eddie, this is just a race. Come on, all right? And you see in a sports, ESPN or whatever, yeah, it's just a race. They get, they get a medal. So what? It's just a race. But it's more than a race. It's more than a race. And I'm not spiritualizing this, but because it's not only because also it's in the scripture, but there are two words that we're going to see here in the Greek that let us know that it's more than just a, a sprint or a walk in the park. The race of faith is painful. It's painful and we need to endure. And so here's the first Greek word. The first Greek word is endure is hapumone. Hapumone is mentioned 36 times in the New Testament. And it's a compound word. Hapo means under and mone means to remain. But it means steadfastness, consistency, and so, and enduring. But, you know, just to kind of put it together for us here, it is the power to withstand hardship, trials, tribulations, stress, whatever it is, as you continue to cleave on to God. That's what it is. Hold on to God in the midst of trial, tribulation, in the midst of this run. And it is painful. It's a painful run. The second word, the word race. The word race here, this word is the word agon from when we get the word agony. That's what this word means. Now, Paul uses the word race many times, and it applies to running a race. But this race here in the book of Hebrews, underline it in your Bible, go home and double check, but this word race here is the word agon, which we get the word agony. So the race of faith, it kind of tells you how important it is. 
Because it's not an easy race. It's going to cause agony, pain, suffering, anguish. You know, I don't know if you see some real athletes who work out and they do everything they can. They're just prepared for years or maybe months for this race. And you see them all of a sudden now they got a hamstring or they got a shin splint. And all of a sudden now they're done. It happens. And that's what happens with us as well. Agon. This is important because the same word agon is used when Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 29 to 30, this is what he wrote to them. He said, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe, that's easy, right? Yeah, believe, we, kumbaya. But here's the other part. It says, but also to suffer for his sake. You're not going to get that from the TV uh, evangelists, right? The prosperity preachers, teachers, right? The name and the claim it, blab it and grab it, shake it and bake it, guys. You know? They're not going to tell you this. They'll read, oh, yeah, believe and hence have. But here, how about the suffering? And it goes on to say, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict. That word conflict, underline it in your Bible. Go back home and look at it in their Bible concordance. And it is the same word, agon, which means agony. So being a believer in Jesus Christ is not only to believe in him, but to run the race of faith. And it's going to be agonizing, okay? If it's not agonizing, then you really are not running. Trials and tribulation. Jesus says, in this world, you'll have tribulation. I've suffered tribulation. You will suffer tribulation. And Paul tells us that for those who have a desire to live godly lives, will suffer tribulation. And so, being a Christian is not a walk in the park. It's a blessing. God never said it'll be easy. Jesus never said, it's going to be easy. Just follow after me. No, in a nutshell, you probably say, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. And we saw that with the Hall of Faithers in chapter 11. Again, I want to read this passage in Acts chapter 20. It says, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. And that's for all of us. But none of these things move me. It should never move us. Nor do we count my life dear. We shouldn't count our life dear to us. Right? What did Jesus say? He who seeks his life will lose it. But he who will lose it for my sake will find it. He said, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So listen, saints, the race of faith is not a walk in the park. It's not a sprint, but it's demanding. It's demanding. It is hard. It's agonizing. It requires the uttermost in self-discipline, determination, perseverance, and we see the word endurance, hypomone, okay? And always again, one thing remember that when a runner begins, he begins at the cross, that's the starting line, he doesn't go back and pass the cross. Never see a runner go back to the starting line. Never go back to the starting line. Thanks for listening to Running the Race Radio with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie is leading us through a study of Hebrews. The series is called Jesus is Better. And you might be getting a clearer picture of the supremacy of Christ. Jesus represented everything in the Old Testament and fulfilled it so wonderfully. Maybe as you're listening today, you're just now realizing all the different ways that Jesus proved to be the Messiah, to be the one that had been promised and prophesied about. Through these scriptures, you're coming to a better understanding of the love, the grace, the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to be for you. It's humbling, isn't it? 
May these teachings continue to bring you closer to the Lord as you see His heart for you. Running the Race Radio is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, look us up right now. Head on over to runningtheraceradio.com. Once more, that's runningtheraceradio.com. When you get there, click back to the homepage for more information about the church, including directions and service times. We'd love to invite you to come and join us on Sunday mornings. And for those of you who live further away, we're delighted to let you know that on the same website, you can find many other messages from Pastor Eddie. That's at runningtheraceradio.com. Well, thanks for joining us today. We've come to the end of our time together. But we'll be back again next time, right here on Running the Race. See you then.